This is 128 Bits, a podcast about the most influential period of video games, what is known as the sixth generation, the Dreamcast, PS2, GameCube, and Xbox era. And on every episode, we will discuss one standout title from the generation and talk about its greatness, including its critical reception at the time, our favorite and least favorite things, its legacy, and what it would look like today. I'm your host, Rodrigo Nunez, and today I'm joined by Joseph and Adrian, and we're going to talk about a game that claims to transcend history and the world for a second time. I'm talking, of course, about Soul Calibur 2. So how are you guys uh, today? Doing all right, doing all right. Yep. May, may your soul uh, burn on. <laughs> Joe, how are you? Doing good. Yep. Excited to talk about this one. Yeah, this is a it's this is a weird scenario where we're talking about this. I think this is the first time we're talking to, about a sequel to a game without talking about the original. Yeah. Now, like I said before, we um, the way we chose which games to talk about is we had like a voting system, and surprisingly, Soul Calibur didn't receive many votes, <laughs> <laughs> but this one did. Um, so let's get into the background of the game. Soul Calibur 2 is a 3D fighting game developed and published by Namco, released for home consoles on August 27th, 2003. And this game was released for all three of the big consoles in the console wars, for Xbox, the PS2, and GameCube. And I'd wager to say each one of us had a different version of the game. Um, Adrian, which version did you play the most or have? I rocked. Uh, as someone who loves spawn <laughs> i didn't particularly love or appreciate that he was the exclusive on the xbox version but i was on xbox okay and joe what about you uh, i was on gamecube okay so yeah i was on gamecube too I, I guess the ps2 is the only one that's lacking representation here but um i don't think i've ever played it on the ps2 but yeah i don't think i did either I, link was too irresistible to not buy it on gamecube <laughs> Uh, and Soul Calibur 2 is the sequel to the critically acclaimed arcade and Dreamcast exclusive Soul Calibur. Um, uh, so Soul Calibur 2 was originally developed on the Naomi board that shares architecture with the Dreamcast. However, that was scrapped and development was shifted to Namco's own System 246 arcade board, then later individually ported from that to each console. So this is, again, the era where arcade is still like significant. So... Shifting from like the Dreamcast-based arcade board to an exclusive one was a pretty big deal, and uh, but I I do still wish it would have been released like on the Dreamcast or developed on that, just so that the Dreamcast could live on a little longer. But it didn't. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't find anything about how the porting process was, like the difficulties and challenges. Because just to had... go back, just sorry, sorry, yeah, just yeah. to go back. Who do you think would have been the Dreamcast? exclusive character had there been a dreamcast version oh wow i would have um bd joe <laughs> yeah see any of the any of the crazy taxi characters would have been cool any of the jet grind characters would have been cool jet grind would have been cool. uh but i think they would have put um Ulala from space channel five in I, was, there. I was just thinking about but it's, <laughs> but she's not violent enough you know like yeah yeah but i i think that would have been such a that would have been a good a good match there or uh but of course they would have done something egregious to her uh f anatomical features and they probably <laughs> wouldn't have been well received uh so yeah she didn't really come with taxi. though I'm, I'm i'm thinking big the cat <laughs> <laughs> what about um uh what's his name from shenmue oh yes oh yeah that'd be a good one but see he didn't have a weapon either so it would have been another case of like the 
the lame, uh, no weapon guy. But maybe Ulala would have been good. Or Knuckles. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a big, I mean, a it would have been kind of weird, but <laughs> they've done weirder stuff with big the joke the, weapons. I think Big the Cat would have been a, a little bit weirder, but there's a, maybe Echo the Dolphin could have been in there, you know? Follow the, <laughs> <laughs> just have him a dolphin kick everyone. Um, yeah, that 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 would have been a good one. Hope, I'm going to try and do some photoshops about that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't find any anything on how the porting process was to each, each of the three consoles, uh, which is unfortunate because I'm sure there must have been some difficulties and challenges. But having played these on, on like Xbox and GameCube and having seen the PS2 footage, like I remember them being pretty much identical uh, with one major difference that we kind of already brought up, uh, but we'll, talk, we'll, we'll touch on it a little later. Um, but yeah, all three ports seem to be really the same, um, which is impressive. Uh, given that none of them shared like architecture in any way, shape, or form. Um, Gameplay-wise, Soul Calibur 2 is, like I said at the top of the show, a 3D fighting game. However, it featured fighters using bladed weapons of all kinds in huge arenas, and the game also uses a ring-out system, which means you can knock your opponent out of the fighting arena and get an automatic victory, kind of like sumo wrestling, right? Uh, the reductionist take is to call Soul Calibur Tekken, which is the more famous Namco 3D fighting franchise, but with swords and ring out. However, that's just wrong. As Soul Calibur has a lot more fight mechanisms than just giving swords to Tekken fighters. Um, some of these mechanics include a step and avoid systems, wall-specific moves, a three-step soul charge system, which would increase the player's power attack, and in some cases also increase speed, a clash system that is used when two attacks hit each other simultaneously, resulting in a white flash, Guard break attacks, which put a blocking player into a post-guard impact state, stunning the enemy and not letting them move. And something called guard impact, which is a defensive mm -hmm. move that is pulled off by timing when the player presses the guard button along with the back or forward button, resulting in either a guard or a parry. When these are paired with very fluid eight-directional movements, it makes for much more complex game than just Tekken with swords. Um... And yeah, the depth of the fighting system didn't keep it from being accessible, though, which is something that kept new players hooked. But what lured in players, without a doubt, were the really cool character designs. So I think that's one of the things that Soul Calibur 2 was great at, that it was accessible enough that anyone could play it, but it was deep enough that you could really master it and kind of have a way around the button mashing um, that other fighters don't necessarily have like that. Um, so yeah, Soul Calibur 2 featured a total of 23 total fighters with some legitimately cool design. There's, for example, Nightmare, the half-German knight, half-monster with a giant three-fingered claw and a massive sword with an eye. Or Raphael, the French fencer, or Cervantes, the undead-ish pirate that dual-wields a sword and a gun. Um, there's also less cool designs that were unfortunately very popular <laughs> at the time. Uh, for example, Ivy, the mostly naked woman with a whip sword. Uh, she was like a dominatrix type. And Taki, the ninja, both of which featured breasts that made the Dead or Alive developers blush. Um, Soul Calibur 2 also featured a really cool game mode called Weapon Master Mode, which is kind of like a mini RPG mode that you can play to unlock special weapons with different characteristics or special outfits that can be used in the other non-arcade modes of the game. 
And this is where I personally spent the bulk of my time just trying to Hell get, yeah. just trying to get every weapon for every player. Everyone had like their own Soul Edge version or Soul Caliber version, and it was just it was just like a really cool addition that really differentiated the arcade version um, from the home version. That uh, unlock tone is iconic as the Legend of Zelda one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing that Soul Calibur did really well, at least here in Soul Calibur 2, is give each of these characters a unique story and a reason to be hunting down Soul Edge um, or its pure sword sibling Soul Calibur. The only thing I can fault them with is that the end scenes are not animated. They're just storyboards with like like subtitles they're not even cool storyboards with voices like the ones in ace combat 4 i'm so, fine uh, with that as long as it wasn't another tournament for god's sakes <laughs> that is true at least this one is not a tournament uh they're actually have like a quest and they're all on this quest on similar quests and that's where their paths cross it's not just a tournament for the sake of a tournament um so now we get to the big difference that I alluded to at the top, and we already kind of touched on it. All three ports of Soul Calibur 2 were virtually identical. All three featured the same gameplay modes, an extra character not available in the arcade release, Necrid, uh, which sucked and no one liked. Well, maybe, Adrian, <laughs> did you like Necrid? He's a Todd McFarlane guy. No, not really. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think anyone liked Necrid. Uh, but each console version had its own guest character. Um, the Xbox version featured Spawn, the PS2 version featured Tekken's Heiachi, and the GameCube version featured Nintendo's own Link from The Legend of Zelda, namely the N64's Adult Link version or Smash Brothers Link version. So that was a huge thing and a big feather in the cap of the GameCube loyalists like myself. Um, so yeah, Soul Calibur 2 took a great game in Soul Calibur 1, evolved it, upgraded the graphics, the sound, the characters, refined some of the mechanics, added new characters and took its storytelling seriously and what resulted is arguably the best fighting game of the generation while adding fuel to the console wars and giving the gamecube a much needed win i did not know this would be not hayachi uh in the ps4 version oh or in the yeah. ps2 version and that would have been so much better freaking squaresoft really screwed playstation on that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that that is um it was gonna be cloud which would have been so much cooler. I think that's the only guy that yeah. could have matched uh, Link in terms of hype. Yeah. For sure. Um, but, I yeah, I think this is the only time that the GameCube was like the cool one. Um, yeah. In, in any multi-platform release, which was really strange for me. Um, Speak for yourself, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know there's a couple of people that, that really liked Spawn and... Um, but uh, well, straight up, like I, I didn't. So I didn't grow up with Nintendo, so mm. I don't have like the affinity for any of their IP. So okay. I look at Link. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> he also has a sword. That's cool. <laughs> um, but I don't think he necessarily like fits the art style oh, all yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely um, not. And. Uh, Especially like talking about like all of the uh, the character art about him, and every single one looks like the art director. Like, let's can this person have their own anime mm. that yeah. like is very specific to them? Yeah. Um, you have like the Castlevania Gothic horror one, and that's Nightmare. And then you have 
the like attack on titan-esque one with astaroth and that's that yeah but um I, it feels like link is i think all of them all of their guest characters from two and on kind of are uh they don't necessarily always fit yeah and that's another thing that soul Calibur 2 introduced to the franchise which is from here on out they have guest characters in every game and there's been some weird ones like uh, Ezio from Assassin's Creed shows up in there or um, what's his name? Geralt from The Witcher shows up in the latest one. Dude, Darth he... Vader and Yoda. Yeah, Yoda was in there too. And uh, <laughs> what's his face? The guy that they try to make canon, Starkiller. Um, but he uh, didn't take. But I, I I agree that none of the guest characters ever fit the Soul Calibur look because it is... Uh, that's one thing that Soul Calibur does really well is the character design. Like each one is it's just exceptional and it fits and like you said they could have their own anime show um, they all have like a very specific and unique like silhouette yeah 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 yeah. i really like um i think i kind of like an underrated he became a cliche but it's just because it was so good was the samurai character mitsurugi who is like on a quest to have the ultimate weapon and he like he has this there's this theme throughout the game of him like resenting guns and stuff like that which i thought was really cool yeah um, that, like that's like a lone uh uh lone cub and wolf that archetype of like the wandering samurai yeah yeah it's just i agree that link didn't fit but neither did spawn no nobody did nobody really fit but link in my eyes was the coolest one um Let's get into the critical reception for this game. Uh, Soul Calibur 2 was very well reviewed with the PS2 and Xbox receiving a 92 out of 100 average Metacritic score and the GameCube version having a 93 out of 100, all of them based on 45 critics. So it seems that Link gets you that one point uh, more in the Metacritic ratings. Should have been more... <laughs> Let's go with some snippets from the official magazines of each of each one. So official Xbox magazine gave it a 92 and said, quote, crisp, tight controls, hilariously dramatic dialogue and oodles of options make Soul Calibur 2 an instant classic, end quote. Um, official U.S. PlayStation magazine gave it a perfect score saying, quote, Never mind that it's one of the best fighters ever made. It's one of the best games ever made. Brilliant. It's one of those extremely rare games that screams perfection. End quote. So, yeah, that's really high praise from the first party uh, PlayStation magazine. And Nintendo Power also gave it a perfect score saying, quote, Soul Calibur 2 is the best fighting game ever created. The game's beautiful graphics and fantastic controls are exceeded only by its incredible character balance. End quote. Take that, Smash Brothers, from the <laughs> yeah, from released, Nintendo Power. Yeah, released two years before this one. So was this Melee though, or or is this yeah. after Melee? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's really really high praise from yeah. each of the first party. Um, but I tried to find like reviews that address the differences between the three and. The one that did a really good job was Yahoo, or currently known as Yahoo. It used to be Games Domain. Um, they also gave it a perfect score and set this in their review. Quote, of the three exclusives, Link is probably the coolest character from both the design and gameplay standpoint. So they address that, but they go deeper into saying, quote, the Xbox version is the prettiest of the bunch, sporting HDTV support with a 720 display mode. Yet it also suffers from the worst default control layout. 
The GameCube version is a minor step down visually, however, its default controller is easy to use and of course it has Link. It also offers an EO option on the C-Stick, much like Capcom versus SNK2, which can be of some assistance to new players. The PS2 version is the weakest graphically with a forgettable bonus character, but the DualShock controller is nearly as good as a joystick. End quote. Was the, de- was the hard default controller layout because of the dinner size plate <laughs> controller? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, it's just that that seemed to be like a theme on most multi-platform things where it's just like the Xbox controller is bad. Again, um, a lot, a lot of slander, <laughs> a lot of smoke being spent. But um, I, I like the the Duke. Uh, <laughs> if you want to recreate a, a arcade like setup, might as well go with a a controller that is shockingly enormous, the size <laughs> of an arcade pad. Yeah, <laughs> and a, a controller that can comfortably rest in your lap. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do remember the um the GameCube having that C stick, um uh, like cheat, so to speak, where you kinda like you map like it maps certain motions to it, um, and kind of spamming that. Uh and uh there's another so later on in the review, our game pro actually touches on more of the of the graphic capabilities, which kind of made me laugh. Uh, because GamePro gave it a perfect score and echo a lot of the same things that Games Domain did. They said that the PS2 had the arcade perfect port, the Xbox looked slightly better with worse controls, and the GameCube had better graphics with the PS2 since it had 480p capabilities. So I thought that was really funny that it's just like, yeah, 480p is way better than whatever the PS2 can do. Um, but that that shows you how far we've come with graphics. And now we're talking about like 4K and uh, the PS5 can even, in theory, do 8K, right? Um and the PS, the, the GameCube, like the PS2 was the weakest because it couldn't do 480p. I'm generally like shocked that uh, the previous uh, published publication said that the controller was good. Like um, when I look at the GameCube controller, I don't think like, yo, that's a controller made for fighters. Definitely not made for fighters, especially no, yeah. because that D-pad was so tiny. It was so, so tiny. Um, <laughs> it's like the... modern art made like... <laughs> ergonomic like yeah ergonomic like it yeah the the gamecube is definitely a comfortable controller yes. i'll give them that much but for fighting games it doesn't work for first person shooters it doesn't work um it works for games specifically made in mind with the gamecube controller like if you could do that then it'll work really really well uh but not definitely in, in every multi-platform title the gamecube controller was usually the worst option which has been a Nintendo thing for a while. <laughs> I mean, they kind of with the Switch, they kind of it's yeah, the they same went back a little game. more to basics. But yeah, that joystick is meant of... for tiny people. That is that's the only complaint that is just so so small. Yeah. I had to buy like uh, the Hori ed- edition, <laughs> like to so now my Switch looks like a Game Gear, like it's enormous. <laughs> yeah, I struggle. It eat batteries. I struggle with with the switch controllers just because it's so small, but um, the layout at least it's more is more conventional or it adheres to the to the established layout that works yeah. in controllers, right? And they have like the pro option with that one too. So yeah, the uh, lowest reviews came from Gamespot, which gave it an eighty five, who cited its evolutionary rather than revolutionary gameplay as the big reason for that. 
and the, oh, who do you know who wrote that i don't know who wrote it I, was, I, was that was that uh gersman it sounds like a gersman take right uh but i'm not i'm not sure who wrote it the absolute lowest review however came from playboy uh which as we know they are they have a games <laughs> department or they had one back then um i couldn't find the full text of the review but they had a weird little blurb which said quote unfortunately soul caliber 2 doesn't include an option to download content from the net nor is there a component for online play so all fashion critiques are confined to your living room end quote i have no idea what that means i have no idea what fashion critiques he's talking about like is i i, I haven't i i don't know but I do find it weird that, or not weird, but kind of, I don't know, interesting that game uh, Playboy has such uh, a focus on online play being a thing in this generation. Like in mm -hmm. their Twisted Metal Black review, they also mention how there's no online play and they like uh, dock the game points for that. So kind of ahead of the curve in that sense of like demanding online play for titles when online is barely barely coming up I, I don't know i thought that was right. interesting the uh GameSpot review was from greg kasavin greg kasavin of course then left GameSpot and went to ea briefly and then created super giant games who oh, just came out nice. with this year's game of the year hades yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Man. wow hey, i so, love their games yeah so there you go he the, the he is all about revolution rather than evolution um which is not how you play Hades, right? <laughs> you got to slowly evolve so that you don't die every 10 seconds. So that was the that was the lowest review. Everyone seemed to love this game. I, I couldn't find anyone that said anything really, really bad about it. Um, in terms of the game of the I'm year type awards... Oh, go for it. I'm just surprised that the uh, level or um, the design of Ivy and Taki didn't get a higher review from Playboy. <laughs> yeah. Or that's they, what they all it was about. And, yeah. Journalistic integrity to, to critique instead of just following the eye candy there. Maybe that's what they mean by fashion critiques. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> they wanted more I, they wanted more outfit. Yeah, they wanted more doll of the doll aspect of it. They wanted the nude mods coming in. <laughs> they were ahead of the curve in that too. <laughs> yeah. In terms of game of the year type awards, uh Soul Calibur 2 won the fighting game of the year by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, which is a legit award. It also won the inaugural Spike Video Game Awards Most Addictive Game Award. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, Sales-wise, like... Oh, go for it. What else was in this year? In 2003? Yeah, that it competed against with? Uh, let's see. 2003 had Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, Final Fantasy yeah. X2, Jack 2... Beyond Good and Evil? Oh, Beyond Good and Evil. Ooh, Warcraft yeah. 3, The Frozen... Uh, what was it? The oh. Frozen Throne? The expansion came out that yeah. year. Uh, Sonic Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Medal of Honor Rising Sun came out this year. As did um, Manhunt and Devil May Cry 2. OG Call of Duty. Oh, wow. Oh, there you go. There's a, a fighting game that, that almost... Uh, or put up a fight to Soul Calibur 2. Def Jam Vendetta came out in 2003. <laughs> uh, SSX3, Tales of Symphonia. It was a pretty good year. I mean, it's not 2001, yeah. but it, it's a Yeah, yeah, it's a that's good I was year. just trying to make sure to see what kind of uh, competition it had. There was some okay one, but yeah, it wasn't 2001 for sure. Yeah, I don't... I, don't, I, I feel like... 
Very few years are going to top 2001. Uh, the big thing that happened in 2003, however, was the N-Gage being released. So oh, that's, that's, yes. where, <laughs> that's where the culture went to. Uh, so clever to uh, put up a fight against that. <laughs> um, going into the sales for Soul Calibur 2, um, to put it plainly, it was a hit for Namco. Uh, however, it was a much bigger hit on the GameCube than anywhere else. So at the end of 2003, during which the game had only been out for four months, Namco had sold 500,685 copies for the GameCube, 447 uh, for the PS2, and 320,991 for Xbox. So that was 447,000 for the PS2. So this is impressive, especially since, according to IGN, in an article originally published on January 2004, the total number of GameCube sold at the time was 7 million units, while the PS2 had around 22 million units sold, and the Xbox had 7.7 .7 million units sold. So there was a lot more PS2s out there, but there was almost 100,000 more copies of the GameCube game sold than the PS2 one. So that's pretty impressive. Um, altogether, that's going to be all Link. Yeah, it's Link definitely sells Link. consoles. He <laughs> sold that game to everybody that had a GameCube. Yeah. Altogether, the GameCube version of the game would go on to sell more than 1 million copies in the USA, and so Calibre 2 would go on to sell 2.5 million copies all around in the USA. So, yeah, the GameCube version in particular was very popular. And uh, this is one of those rare games that I pre-ordered. Um, so, yeah, that's that shows you the hype was very real for Link. <laughs> um, and I think especially because people wanted that grown-up grown Link, that, um, that Wind Waker didn't provide right yeah i think that that was a big big reason for the hype um which actually wind waker was in 2003 also it was in march yeah, 2003. yeah that, so i just looked up right now i was gonna yeah. say there had to have been uh people that for from that year mm -hmm. so getting into the behind the scenes or uh, some trivia for this game so Calibre 2 was remastered in HD and released for the Xbox 360 and PS3 in 2013 and finally addressed the big gripe that Playboy had with the game by adding <laughs> online play. Uh, I did not ever play this on online. Did you guys play it? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually, it's very rare. The only fighting games that I've played online are like in emulators and they don't work really well. So I've never actually played a fighting game online now that I think about it. I think um, I would never win a fighting game online. No, yeah, I I, I just get wrecked. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't I don't want to relive the arcade experience of uh, <laughs> yeah. of just getting slaughtered all the time. Um, so the second thing is that the word like Soul Caliber in Soul Caliber Two, like it's not two words, it's one word. It's Soul Caliber, um, whereas the previous game it's two words. So in Soul Caliber One, it's Soul Space Caliber. But from Soul Calibur 2 on all the way up to Soul Calibur 6, it's Soul Calibur, one word. Um, that They probably did that for trademark reasons or something like that. But I just thought it was weird because when I was looking up this game in Metacritic, I would type out Soul Space Calibur 2 and nothing would come up. And I thought I was going crazy until I noticed that there is no space. And none of them have spaces after Soul Calibur 2, which is just, just it, like intercapped. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just the capital C in after uh, the L in Seoul, so that's weird. Um, another thing, if you pre-ordered the game at GameStop, you would get an Art of Soul Caliber Two magazine, 
which had not only 3D art of the characters, but also of the stages. And it showed you all the different versions of each weapon, which was really cool. Um, I have it back home. I don't have it with me, but I remember just leafing through this and like for that weapon master mode, seeing all the weapons that I could unlock and just that, that, that's what would keep me going. Cause I was like, oh, I want that one, which looks really cool. Um, and that was like a pre-order bonus. Um, Speaking of Weapon Master Mode, Weapon Master Mode un allowed you to unlock a Soul Edge and Soul Caliber version of each character's weapon. But the weirdest weapon that you could unlock in Weapon Master Mode, uh, weapon master mode was an invisible sword, which uh, Yun Sung would wield. I don't know if you guys remember this one. It was just the hilt, but when he would swing it around, like the, the little swoosh graphics or whatever would come out, and it was super long, but it was just an invisible sword, which was very, very strange. I don't um, remember that. Yeah, it, it was it was the weirdest weapon. Um, like I said before, the console exclusive character Necrid was designed by Todd McFarlane for some reason. I don't know. Namco was trying to, I don't know, westernize or get in on the cool, edgy western demographic. I, I don't know why. Todd McFarlane was time, huge. He had retail yeah, stores. I was in them a lot. <laughs> by this time, I uh, outgrew Todd McFarlane. Hmm. Um, but had he had this game come out a few years before, it would have absolutely. Uh, even though, the, like, I was a spawn purist, and I was like, uh, the the capes aren't in it, and the capes are part of his powers. <laughs> yeah, I I never got into Todd, about Todd McFarlane. Maybe it's because, like, I've as we've brought up in this show before, I was generally a scaredy cat, so uh, <laughs> spawn was a little scary for me. Um, another weird thing that I found about Soul Calibur is that Soul Calibur 2 sponsored the pay-per-view event WWE Unforgiven in September of 2003. Yeah. And I think it's the only fighting game to have ever done that. The WWE does a lot of advertising. WWE found Billie Eilish before the mainstream started, like, made her a, a big thing. Really? Was Billie Eilish, like, the intro song for somebody? She was she the intro song for not only WWE, but specifically WWE's developmental brand. Oh, wow. Not even, like, part of the show. It was, uh... I imagine The Undertaker coming into uh, Billy Eilish's bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, him, again, it was the big show, so it didn't have any of the big people. Uh, so, like, we kind of touched on this before, but another interesting trivia that I think would have changed those sales numbers for sure is that the original guest character for the PS2 was supposed to be Final Fantasy VII's Cloud Strife which would have been awesome. The licensing fell through and the PS2 got the crappiest guest character, which is an own a Namco Tekken guy. Uh, but just like, fuck our own person in there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that huge sword, spiky yellow hair, that would have sold, that would have moved so many numbers for Namco. But um, of all Tekken people, why why him? I, I, I think there's other... Uh, Jin Kazuma could have been... With his flame jinko pants. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I I really don't know. Or isn't Yoshimitsu is our? It's kind of like there's a version of him for Tekken and a version for him of Soul Calibur. So they could have just kept Heiachi or maybe given him a sword or something. I don't know. I I just felt like the PS2 one was the worst one, easily. Yeah. Jude Law, like <laughs> uh, King. They should have put King in there. King oh should be God. in every game. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah did you guys find um anything else in your research um for this game that you want to bring up 
before we move on to the questions? Just the composer seems like your dude. Uh, Junichi Atsuru. All his credits, like all the Ace Combats since I think it's like 4, 5, and 6. And oh, wow. then uh, Soul Calibur uh, Soul Calibur 2. And then I think the uh, the other ones that have come out since. But I could be wrong on this. Well, that explains why the music is so good. <laughs> yeah. He, he actually uh, listed Phantom Menace as one of his influences. Oh, wow. Which is a great score. Yeah. Um, did you guys, I don't know if, if, if this happened to you, but did you guys have uh, issues playing as like the perv characters as Ivy or Taki, like with uh, family walking in or something like that? <laughs> no, I just never really liked them. I don't think I played with them much. Yeah. I never liked them either. I always liked um, the Korean character, Song Mina, which if I kind of trace back my current obsession with K-pop can be traced <laughs> To me liking Shang Mina as a character. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's get into our questions. Uh, and we're going to start with our first question. What is your favorite moment or thing about this game? Um, Adrian, why don't you start us off? I think it's probably the the RPG, the, the story quest mm. thing. And being given certain parameters of the floor is quicksand. Yeah. Uh, beat the person. And yeah. I mained Astroth. <laughs> um, I'm all about those big swings and it's like okay I'm going to try to ring out this guy as fast as possible mm-hmm. um, and uh, I remember it being a grind mm-hmm. but it was a grind that it, it was basically like challenge rooms for me um, and I just recall uh, having a really good time just playing with that again like I didn't have a sibling who cared about it or <sighs> friends who would come over and as playboy said there's no online so <laughs> like i you had to make i had to make my own fun with the game and <sighs> that mode was completely made for that yeah yeah you know that's that's what i that was my favorite thing too um and it was just cool to to unlock all those weapons it was like because each one actually like had different characteristics like they were either Mm -hmm. quicker or they were longer or like it it actually changed the game a a little bit with each weapon that you unlocked which i thought was really uh like it shows how much care went into this mode that it wasn't just an add-on so we spoke earlier in the season about crazy taxi which is another arcade first title and um they they tried to add on like home things which is like those mini games but those kind of felt just tacked on whereas weapon master mode felt like fully fleshed out um so it's it's kind of interesting how they're both arcade first titles but one of them really took the home conversion aspect of it seriously and really made it work and the other one it just kind of felt like a like a hastily added on thing that isn't even fully complete or fully thought out uh and yeah because at home you have a lot more time to just be with the game uh and weapon master mode allowed that time to be like fun and rewarding and, and well spent. So it's also my favorite part of the game. What about you, Joe? I have to co-sign that. I mean, it's like, this is one of the few and definitely the hardest I ever got addicted to a fighting game. Mm. Uh, it's because of this mode. You finish a chapter and you'd get so pumped hearing all those unlocks and then <laughs> a couple more bad. All right, I could start another chapter and then you're halfway through it and well, fuck it. Let me just finish this one. And then next thing you know, your alarm's set to go off in two hours and everything's going to suck tomorrow. Like that addictive award was really good. I, I really loved Western Weapon Master Mode. 
Um, same. I feel what Adrian's talking about having to like make your own fun without having a, a sibling there. And yeah, this for you. We're like, I'd have to go in Perfect Dark or Goldeneye and set bots parameters. This you could just play the game and it did it for you. Yeah, yeah. I think whoever came up with Weapon Master Mode or whoever supervised it for this game, um, I hope they got they got rewarded for it in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Um, another little thing that was my favorite. Um, is you know before the fights would start there would be like the two character faces like they would turn to face each other and uh you could like <laughs> make them say stuff uh if you press certain button sequences and yeah. there was this thing that if you time it just right the animation of the face would freeze as the screen would fade out to actually start the fight so like I remember like Shongmina because I'd always play with her. Um, she would like scream something, but if you timed it just right, she would have like a very dopey face as the like the fight game was loading. And I would do that with almost every character, and that would that was the small entertainment that I would find for myself. And I remember it to this like as soon as I saw that screen, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. Um, I was, and it was fun. I was tempted to scream when you asked how uh, how we were doing earlier, but I wasn't sure that it would come across. <laughs> Lynx was very annoying, and I would yeah. always use him, and he would just hear, ah, right before battles. <laughs> uh, yeah, those little funny things. Uh, second question, what is the worst part of this game? Um, what do you think, Joe? Uh, I, it has to be the voiceovers, which hurt to watch. Mm. Um, they were they were painfully bad, but it's more a limitation of the generation, so I don't know that I hold it against it. Mm. I was really nitpicking. Um, because even the repetitive music and sound effects are really awesome and not bothersome at all. The mm. only thing I up with um, there was that I could really hold against it was I was watching a long play. Somebody was in Weapon Master and remembered the ones where the weapon is invisible. I hated playing those. Yeah, though that so you could do you could unlock those with um with a uh, young song. You don't remember that? No, no, like, oh, no, no, not the weapon. Oh, I'm sorry, the, where your, only your opponent's weapon is visible. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. you couldn't see your opponent. You just didn't know, like, where they were going, so you couldn't do any of the special stuff. You just had to, with those, I would just have to play them until I could get through them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I remember those, and there was a lot of weird things. Like, I, I kind of commend the creativity, though. It's just like, uh, yeah. why don't we just make it so that you can't see the guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't hate on it too much. It's just in practice. Yeah, those, 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 those matches actually sucked. Yeah. All right, you, Adrian, what do you think is the worst uh, thing of this game? Yeah, again, as a as a burned Xbox player, <laughs> it, it, just, it just was so evident that we just got shafted. <laughs> <laughs> but you had, you had 720p, man as and yeah that didn't really matter because that like you had to bring in like a, your computer monitor and then do like a, a vga cord and i didn't know what that was at that time um to only get like progressive scan on on it like um would you have preferred somebody else and who i, I was just thinking that right before i answered master chief um, but master chief's too big i think like they wouldn't want to like me, uh, an elite would have been okay. An elite, like, yeah, with the sword, with a with oh, an energy sword. Yeah. But was this it? came out in two thousand three. Halo one was two thousand one, mm. so maybe too much, too fast of a turnaround for that. 
What yeah. about the guy from Gears? <laughs> what was his name? Oh, this predated all of that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gears it wasn't until 360. 360. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. What was... Other than Halo, what was what would have been a good Microsoft character? Blinks, the time sweeper. Remember him? Hey, that's, I would have taken that. <laughs> uh, I think for me, the worst part is the the, the tiny D pad on the GameCube. Um, it's really hard to be like a serious fighting game person if you're using the joystick. At least at this time, it was. Uh, so that was really hard. Um, and just and you mentioned this earlier, uh, but. I meant about playing this with family around mm. uh, as someone who cohabitates with someone with, with the, uh, in the opposite sex. <laughs> this is still a hard game to play around. <laughs> um, and it's, it serves real no f f like form. It's, it's all form, no function. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 uh, post like Anita Sarkeesian, like this just feels like canceled and yeah. they just don't they just don't know it yet yeah yeah i i agree with you in that sense that is that's one of the things like i couldn't it was a I, it was like a pause this game around mom right when she's walking in or, or around <laughs> my sister or whatever uh because it's it's very weird and i think that naturally leads to our next question which is how did the game age what parts of it age the best and the worst aside from the graphics? And Adrian, I think I think you started us off. So, uh, what, what do you think? How did this game age? Yeah. So, like, I think like gender politics have definitely changed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Have become more like uh, to the forefront mm. of, of people's eyes, especially people who like read um, like critical thinking about in the games media, in the game space. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, Namco Bandai still does it. Yeah, uh, I was gonna degree. say. I and just looked up more the and footage. more egregious, <laughs> and I just don't know who this benefits. Like, who is this for? And by this, I mean titties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the in the look uh, look up to this, I was watching like high def footage of uh, Soul Calibur Six, and yeah, they gave her breasts like their own freaking physics engine. <laughs> Yeah, and that's definitely the aspect of it that age the worst. It's specifically because they would ensure that like Ivy and Taki were like cover characters or um like heavily featured in every trailer or in every every promotional material of the game or whatever. It was either the sword with the eye on it or Ivy, right? In in everything that came out that way. So that's definitely how that game was marketed. Um and that is is not at all it hasn't aged gracefully. Like you said, it feels canceled, even though they don't know it. And the fact that they're still doing it, like Soul Calibur 6 came out in 2018 or 2019? Yeah, 18. Yeah, it came out in 2018, which isn't that long ago. Um, they should have known better by then. Or I don't think that necessarily moves copies anymore, right? Like, I don't think anyone is going to fighting games to i mean to, to their credit they didn't put any of them on the cover it's Geralt yeah. and misuguri yeah yeah but still it's just it's just so yeah. weird uh, uh, i that, mean you can keep these characters around you just you, you just design them better yeah just make them anatomically correct <laughs> that's yeah. all it takes um the other thing that i think didn't age well um 
is the fighting game itself. Uh, <laughs> I think we were kind of talking about this before. I remember fighting games being a bigger deal in this era. Um, like one of the big stories from this era was Virtua Fighter 4 coming up to the PS2. I don't know if you guys remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, like that was a huge deal. Capcom versus SNK and SNK versus Capcom, Marvel versus Capcom. Those games were like a huge deal. Um, I don't think they are anymore. I don't know that necessarily show like there's a couple of games from this era that you could show to kids now that I think they would be like interested in. I don't know if fighting games are, um, and I don't have, I don't necessarily have kids, so I don't know, but I just don't think the genre itself aged very well. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'd agree. I haven't played a fighting game that I can recall. Definitely not like intensely. I don't mm. think since this one. Mm. I think the culture has shifted. Mm. Um, as people, as as games got more online, yeah. Um, that's it, it. Changed the vocabulary of what people expect from their games, and uh, fighting games. While they can be online, it's usually not ideal because of like the latency involved. Yeah. So, yeah. while people's expectations shifted, just the brass tacks of what makes a good fighting game always remains and is none but like doesn't budge very well mm. um so it didn't make that transition all that great some mm. net code might be really really great and i'm talking out of my butt perhaps <laughs> but um the arcade culture uh for the large part is gone yeah i, I think i think you nailed it because i think fighting games are name like are the are an export of the arcade culture which means you all huddle around one machine and you beat the crap out of each other right and nowadays gaming isn't about that like the best fight like the most successful fighting game now is smash brothers and that's because that's still all around gathering around one console and and huge tournaments that they have and stuff yeah and it's just all still there so um Kind of like with the death of arcades, maybe came the death of the fighting game uh, or the mutation of the fighting game to be like a, more of a niche and not mainstream anymore uh, because we haven't seen a Soul Calibur 7 yet. Uh, and we probably won't. I don't know how 6 did sales-wise. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's not really about anymore. Like Dragon Ball ones that take like a story. So mm-hmm. that's probably what they need to start converting. Like you the fighting gameplay but you need to convert to something like master mode which is what people are looking for now they don't want to go online and get their ass kicked all day like we talked about yeah totally uh moving on to or uh joe did you answer this question um no but i didn't really have a good one i just i mean other than what we already talked about like i thought it held up pretty well in terms of the stuff that they there uh i mean and this is just watching like the playthroughs like i just had a fondness of it i didn't remember anything i didn't remember anything that i like from this game other than the stuff we talked about okay so moving on to the fourth question what is the legacy of this game in gaming and culture at large uh joe what do you think um uh the legacy that i was able to come up with was just because i haven't played fighting games very much like i don't know where they've gone like what what has been implemented from this um so the only thing that i can really come up with was like was 
we see it now in pre-orders. Like if you get your game through PSN, you get you get you get your game through games at this. This was the biggest and earliest example that I remember of that. Not that the pre-order affected affected it, but I think like that's the legacy of this because you had exclusives here that you definitely couldn't get anywhere else. Yeah. I I kind of think one of the big legacies of it is guest characters. Um because yeah. guest characters can make your game, but they can also kind of backfire because so for example, the most famous back the most famous guest character here was Link and Link moved units, right? Like <laughs> so many people bought this game for Link. But how many of them then decided to buy another Soul Calibur? And I, I think the biggest mistake that Namco did here is that the sequel to Soul Calibur 2 wasn't even available on the GameCube. It was only on the PS2. So you bought all of, you brought all these people into your game world universe that you crafted like more than 500,000 of them, and then you don't allow them to play the next game. It's just so dumb. At that point, yeah. it's just like, there's all these people that never played any other Soul Calibur, and the only memory they have of Soul Calibur is, oh, that's the one with 3D Link, right? With Adult <laughs> Link. And nobody talk like, they don't talk about Soul Calibur. They don't care about Soul Calibur. They never cared to figure out the stories or get into any of the characters or or the universe or whatever. So while guest characters are great for bringing people in, I don't necessarily think they're great for keeping or establishing a fan base. And um, I don't know why they're still doing it. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> why they why why they have uh, Gerald in there or Ezio or whatever. Because I mean, they're gonna bring people in, but I don't necessarily think they stay because, I, at least for this one, not that many people got Soul Calibur three that got Soul Calibur two. And talking spicy, if you have to bring in guest characters to help bolster your game, then maybe your game has poorer characters. <laughs> and this coming from someone who loves like a lot of the characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, and that's the thing. I this one didn't need do. the guest characters. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Soul Calibur necessarily needs guest characters because they have really cool characters, really cool archetypes, really cool. Um, like the, the story is is told really well. They they're just. That's what I said. Like the the guest characters can backfire because they're gonna outshine your game. They're gonna reveal how I don't know forgettable yeah, it, your character. Introduce the gimmick, and then the gimmick became the talking point. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, when they're talking about like uh, like the evolution of versus revolutionary stuff, what much else have they done since then? I haven't seen. I think like a the of- latest like innovation that they've done, and they've like hung their hat on is create a character mode yeah, yeah see, like... so caliber six will have like you can find some really funny uh characters that get created or really really cool ones too but they just went all out with that and i assume now the moves are more complex um because uh namco is still cranking out fighting games like tekken 7 like the moves list for each character is like 180 long or something <laughs> like that um so so yeah, but... I think the legacy is definitely Link. Mm. Um, but so I have the benefit of not, uh, again, of ha- not having like a, an affinity for this kind of stuff for, for Link and Nintendo characters like that. So I'm kind of looking at this like from a very uh, wide view angle on uh, through a wide, wide angle lens. Mm. Um you remember the trailer for 
the Zelda game for GameCube that came out and got all the people excited. The the original one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then and then Wind Waker happened, right? Like completely different <laughs> art style. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, what happened to that link that I wanted? Yep. I think the reason people really love Soul Calibur 2 and the GameCube version in particular is it made good on that tease. Mm. Like, oh, here's a link. Here's an action link. Yeah. That is swinging his sword all brazen like, <laughs> and it 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 essentially was like a Soul Calibur Two is a power fantasy for Zelda nerds. Yeah, for sure. That is that is a big aspect of it. Um, and because those nerds weren't able to buy Soul Calibur Three, it remains exclusively that right. Just like it didn't convert any of them in there. Um, it, it it didn't even have the chance to do that. Uh. And that's that's what it remains. Um, I remember that demo, and I remember also the subsequent like trailer that came out for like Twilight Princess, which had grown Link in like a much darker world. And I remember people talking about how Adult Link's success in Soul Calibur Two kind of like let Nintendo know they were doing the right thing by going back to this type of world and stuff like that. So it definitely made a mark. Um, I think another legacy of this game that um, is something that I think we're still fighting, but less to an extent, is that uh, gamers are pervs. I th- <sighs> I think that when people saw Soul Calibur 2, um, all you had to do was point at Ivy and Taki, and it was just like, yeah, see, this is why you play this. Uh, and this and, is- and why, do, why does Voldo move like that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys need to find Jesus. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things where it's just like when you try to say, yo, this is a really serious fighting game and it's deep and you have, you know, guard breaks. And if you time everything right, you can parry. And if you do this, you can stun them for a second. And, and you talk about all of this crap and then you see a dominatrix with a sword whip <laughs> and it just everything it, goes out the window. It just undermines the your your the argument for like legitimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think this game is the poster child of that. Um, and apparently Namco still goes with that because they haven't changed it. They've made it worse. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think this is a, a I mean, is it stain. any worse than Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball, though? Like, But that is like a, a known thing. Like, I don't think they, they market Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball in the way that Soul Calibur 2 was marketed. And it's yeah, not like... That's like a serious game. Yeah, yeah. This is like, yeah, you know who's buying this game and yeah. for what reason. Um, <laughs> just like Soul Calibur 2 is supposed to be like a serious fighting game, you know? Like one of the best fighting games of the generation, if not yeah. ever, according to Nintendo Power. But then you have to deal with this also. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like Adrian said, it undermines everything and it's needless. And I don't even think it sells units anymore. Uh, but I think this is one of those games that people look to to be like, yeah, look, back then they were pervs. Now they're still pervs or whatever. And it's, <laughs> it's, you can always just look at Soul Calibur for that, um, which is unfortunate. And the fifth question, is this the peak of anything for any of the studios involved, the generations, the genre, uh, what do you think, Adrian? I I think it'll it's definitely like the peak with sales wise, but for me, I think Soul Cal One was mm. their peak. Like it's them figuring out the recipe, and yeah. this is 
they figured out how to make Oreos and this is double stuff. Mm. Uh, Soul Calibur 2 is the, the double stuff cookie. <laughs> While they like they made it what it like the story mode and the, the like the uh the RPG part of it like yeah. that was in Soul Calibur 1 as well. Yeah. Um with I think a better gamepad as well. Ooh, well, com- yeah. Compared to the Xbox One, the Dreamcast one was better. <laughs> no, no, like, yeah, completely. Um, you have like the the layout, the diamond layout of the buttons, and then yeah. like a joystick, like, and and a VMU. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, but I so I I may be biased because that was my first time through. It's like the the idiom, the the saying that like someone's first mario kart is their favorite mario kart yeah. like this might be like your the, the first soul caliber you play is probably like the one that imprints on you yeah so i i think their peak was soul cal one and close behind was two mm. yeah for me i think their peak is soul cal two just because um just in terms of popularity and in terms of like the fighter balance and things like that i didn't own soul cal uh one on the Dreamcast, I did own Soul Edge, which is the first game in the series back on the PlayStation. Um, and I played a little bit of Soul Cal 3. Uh, but I, I just I think Soul Calibur 2 just was Soul Calibur never reached the heights again that Soul Calibur 2 did. Not that many people were talking about it. There's never been like a guest character as exciting as Link. Um, there's never like yeah, I don't think they ever, ever reach the heights of it again. Um, and I don't know that anything will ever get them back there. I don't I don't see how a, a, how Soul Calibur gets back to these heights. Um, but I mean, they're still they still exist. Namco hasn't disbanded the studio. So clearly they're working on something. What does Soul Calibur, whatever number, the new, like a new one, what character like introduction is bigger than Link? It's gotta in, in, it, in 2021. It's gotta be um, a streamer. <sighs> ninja. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna I, put Ninja in there or Grethg, whatever his I, name I, is. I, I I say bring in Doctor Fauci. Let's have him <laughs> fight against Voldo. That's that's what I want to see. Let's just have Namco start working on a pop culture Smash Brothers. <laughs> Doctor Anthony Fauci, and then he. he uh, I was going to imitate him, but it's going to come across as racist. Uh, <laughs> Joseph, what do you think? Uh, is this the peak for anything, Soul Calibur 2? Um, to to uh, touch on what you guys are saying, I, I personally think this is the peak caliber for sure. Um, because the only... The, I didn't have Dreamcast, as we've said, as I've said on here before. I, I only played Soul Calibur and Soul Edge in the arcade, and I played the hell out of them in the arcade, but I didn't talk to anybody else, really, that ever knew. I, like, I would... Talk to a few people that did, and we would mention it as the fighting game with swords. I don't think any of us ever knew the game, the name until Soul Calibur Two came out. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely think that this was the most popular one. But for me, this is definitely peak console wars. Like the, the mm. exclusives, there was nothing mm-hmm. else that I recall in this generation that was as a as an embodiment of the console wars as this. Oh yeah. And like I said, it gave the GameCube a win, a win that it needed. <laughs> no, maybe so the only many. one that I can recall. <laughs> no, we had 480p. You're forgetting that. 
I mean, it had Zelda. That's the reason I was there. It had Soul Calibur 2 and Resident Evil 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Resident Evil 4. That was the saltiest I've ever been. Uh, you didn't you didn't Such mind uh, PN03 being exclusive on the GameCube? Uh, uh, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> I bought that game at launch, and uh, it's another. It's a very similar uh, pause the game when mom is in the <laughs> room uh, game. Uh, but yeah, and the sixth and last question, and I think we kind of touched uh, touched on this already. How would this game work or look like in 2021? What is a Soul Caliber Seven? That comes out in 2021 looked like uh what do you think adrian uh i mean they kind of just came out with a new one and that was basically one guest character that is across all platforms who i think of all of their guest characters probably is the closest fit just because of his uh his fighting style mm. um but I, I think they double down on everything, including all of their bad habits. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the thing I would want to see is like a character action game with some of these characters. Like mm. um, every single one of these characters looks like they can headline their own character action game by themselves. Mm. Um, I've always wanted to see like a, uh, like mid like nether realms version of that with their new like unreal engine yeah of like give give me sekiro but with scorpion <laughs> yeah uh so similar to this like i i would want soul caliber to like evolve beyond just a one-on-one fighting game like give give me something that i haven't seen but within this universe mm. yeah that'd be cool yeah what do you think joe uh, I mean, I, I definitely think that would be cool, but in terms of, I think this would look like in 2016, it, it's just, or 2020, it's just the uh, 21, uh, <laughs> would be Soul Calibur 7. Like, it's just more polished, tighter mechanics. Just because it's a franchise, like, I don't know that there's anything else that you would do, but yeah, I would, I would want to see more of what Agent's talking about. I think maybe to have, like, the crossover success, we kind of touched on it, like a pop culture fighting game, <laughs> figure fighting game, but yeah. no, anything else they would have... I just don't think that this game would have going to come out again to have crossover and mainstream success and be a fighting game and have like the addictiveness that this one did. And yeah, the regard that this one does, I don't, I don't know that it'll happen again. Yeah. I, I do think like a weapon master mode that's fully fleshed out where soul caliber becomes more like of an RPG type thing. Um, I think that would be really cool. I don't think they'll do it, but I think that would be, awesome um but yeah i think it's not gonna happen i don't think there's gonna be a link moment in 2021 unless it's dr anthony fauci in there uh i don't think there's any other guest character that that will achieve those heights because i mean the witcher was it's a hugely popular series but i literally had no idea that Geralt was in soul Calibur 6 until i looked it up like a couple of weeks ago you guys um, said Ezio was in one of them? Yeah, Ezio was in one of them. Kratos. See, if I had known that, I probably would have bought one of them. I love Ezio. Kratos was in one of them. Um, who else? Uh, B6 from Nier Automata. Have you guys played that one? Um, she oh. was in one of them. Let me see. I th- she might have been the last one, like her and Geralt. Yeah, like Yoda and Darth Vader, like you said. Uh Devil Jin, 
who's another Tekken guy. Yeah, Soul Calibur Six had Gerald, 2B, and Haomaru, which is uh, SNK's old school 2D fighting game Samurai Showdown. I don't know if you guys ever played that one. Yeah. But he was in that one. Uh, a guy from Tales of Symphonia was in there. Um, so, I mean, they've had a fair number of guest characters, but no no one's going to... No one in 2021 is going to move that. Listen, I I don't know if guest characters necessarily work at all in any um, any game. fighting series. <laughs> Look at Mortal Kombat. They had freaking Rambo on. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's go back to the drawing board. Yeah. I mean, it's working for Smash Brothers, but again, that's kind of its own thing just because of the culture that it has around it. Yeah, Smash, Smash Brothers is a guest character game. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing, though, is I do kind of like the idea of a VR fencing game of some kind. I don't know if it's just because I haven't had much experience with VR, but I I, I think it maybe that's been the the goal for VR forever, right? To make a sword game that works yeah. in VR. Um, I don't know how close it would be, but if they ever do do it, just put a Soul Calibur skin on top of it and don't put Ivy or Taki in it because then we're right back to the VR is for pervs thing. <laughs> and at that point, there's Patreons for that already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, it's already out there. You don't, you don't, Namco, you don't have to do it. Maybe you could just license out those things. Maybe that's their passion and Namco's going to convert. <laughs> They're going to be doing a studio like that. I hope not because they also <laughs> made kidding. Katamari. They also made Katamari on Ace Combat. So they're, uh, there's no boobs in Ace Combat, so maybe half of them—that's their passion—and they can <laughs> yeah. split off and break. Yeah, up. they're just making assets so it can be used in Source Filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, this team uh, has some sort of passion for that. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't see how Soul Calibur benefits from like open world gameplay or of. Uh, uh, anything uh of that nature or guest characters even if it is ninja or a streamer uh vr kind of has something but i i don't know i like i said kind of touched on this earlier i don't know how fighting games work in 2021 i don't know if they really move the needle in 2021 they necessarily don't move the needle for me anymore uh but at this time like at the time soul Calibur 2 is is genuinely one of my favorite games of this generation and it really encapsulated a lot more than just the fighting game it had that whole console wars aspect for it it had seeing link as an adult it had um you know like really cool character designs that weren't quite as edgy as something like twisted metal black was but also had that darkness to them that kind of showed the maturity um that games were achieving in, in their storytelling so the sound was great yeah, the sound was great. I just, I just overall think it's a really good game, but I don't know where where it would go in twenty twenty one. I was about to say, just like you create your character the same way you do in Soul Cal, but it's a Dark Souls game, <laughs> and you come across <laughs> the characters of Soul Calibur. Yeah, that's well trying to get and it. Every zone, cool. every character has their own specific like art direction zone to it, so you come across like. Uh, uh, a bay full of like sunken ships and stuff, and that's Cervantes. Oh, yeah, see, cetera, that'd be cetera, pretty cool. Where yeah. you turn them the so that they're the enemies. This is the only one that VR like didn't come to mind for how it would work in <laughs> modern days for me. It'll just be yeah, that. I, I think swordplay 
like everybody thinks like VR swordplay is great. It's just flailing. That's all it is. (laughs) And you don't have like the haptics needed to like to know where your blade is at or like if you correctly parried something. Um, So I it's a no for me, dog. (laughs) One thing that I forgot to mention at the top of the worst part of this game is that Soul Calibur 2 does not include my favorite character in the whole franchise, which is Huang. The Korean Mitsurugi. That's how he started off in Soul Blade. <laughs> and he was there in Soul Calibur. He's there in Soul Calibur 3, but he's not in Soul Calibur 2. Uh, but you can get a guy that has his his like moves uh, from Weapon Master Mode, and it's just like assassin. But um, yeah, because I thought right away, it's just like, yeah, Huang would be the, ba- the last boss um, in that Dark Souls Soul Calibur game, which that could work. But then... You don't control the fighters. You just face them. But, I mean, that's another cool aspect of it. Uh, I think we're just trying to do a lot of uh, somersaults around the fact that fighting games don't work anymore (laughs) aren't as big anymore. Um, But, yeah, that's it. Uh, Thanks, guys, uh, for joining me. Is there anything else that you want to say about Soul Calibur 2 before we wrap up? Uh, Some of those stories are really good. Some of them are terrible. Raphael's is like, he took the sword and went home to his love, and no one knows what happened after that. Like they just phoned in some of them. Asaroth is like he took the sword and killed everyone forever after that. Hell yeah, yeah. And- <laughs> I, I I never really knew what they would say like in between fights, like their 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 uh, motto that they would come in. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, naturally, just hear a thing again and again. You try to like parrot it, and with Asaroth, I just have memories of like my brother looking at me weird because I would just say hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My favorite one was Mitsurugi. Who's always chasing the perfect weapon when he takes soul edge and he's all like, he felt the evil in it. And he's like, nah, this ain't it. And he destroys it. And he, yeah. he's off on another search. <laughs> that was a cool one. He was like, this couldn't be the sword I'm looking for. I'm going to go look for the real sword. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like I said, some of them are great. I think the last few, they were just like, fuck it, oh, go home and no one hear from you again. <laughs> I think I, like, she took the sword and then just kept it forever and no one, like, nothing ever happened with it after that, too. And, you know, canonically, I think it is Raphael that that gets Soul Edge because in the later games, he becomes a vampire, pretty much. Like, he, he stops aging, which That's is, cool. a, it's an effect of the sword. But, um, all right, thanks so much, guys, uh, for joining me. And, uh, Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, share it with a friend. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Um, And yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Relevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.